0: flip a coin.
1: Yeah. If you're not
0: happy with the coin flip, then there's your answer. Right. Right.
1: Yes. Again, yeah, let the coin decide and see how you feel about it.
0: Let the paniculus fall where it may. <laughs> <laughs> let that be the judge. Welcome to Hey, You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kasmir. Hey, You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. So I want to start off with some penis news, um, member news, uh, member on the move, dick updates, scrotum stories. And today I went to the source. I I found an article that is written by a very frustrated urologist.
1: Oh, okay. And he- Why is he
0: frustrated- (laughs)
1: Well, it's not where you want your frustration. To I know, but
0: kind of, think about where think about the kind of, you know, questions a urologist gets from okay. his or her patients. Mm-hmm. Um, and the number one question that this urologist is getting, all of his colleagues are getting it and they're all tired of it, is um, how do I make my penis bigger? Oh God. Okay. So people are constantly coming in and asking, "How do I make you know? How do I make my penis bigger? How do I make my penis bigger?" So this neurologist, Dr. Neil Baum, has written this article for other urologists to be like, "This is what I do when I get this question."
1: <laughs> you totally like <laughs> stuff your wallet, <laughs> yes. and that makes your penis look bigger. Tight pants. No, it's I mean, but the more, the more money that you have will make ah. you look.
0: Dude. Yes. Yeah. If you stand next to like a really nice car and a stack of cash. Yeah. Your penis for penis. miles. Yes. For miles. <laughs> so this uh, Dr. Baum says, as a urologist, I fielded this question from men on countless occasions, several years ago, when a middle-aged patient raised a question for me for the 10,000th time, I blurted out a simple answer for him, which could apply to nearly nearly half of American men. All right so mr boudreau this is the the character that he's given his john doe mr boudreau not his real name was obese with a bmi of 30 he's taken seven medications a day suffering from diabetes and hypertension oh and and this guy asked him how can i make my johnson bigger (laughs) (laughs) and he so he's describing mr boudreau as like an average patient for him like an older man who hasn't you know who's overweight on medication how can I make my, my Johnson bigger? And so he, he says, I would say, Mr. Boudreaux, if I could give you a pill to give you more energy, more erections, increase sex drive, decrease blood pressure, improve diabetes, decrease arthritis, decrease risk of cancer, and make your penis one and a half inches bigger, would you take the pill? Of course, the Mr. Boudreaux says yes. And he's like, well, but it's not a pill though. It's just exercise. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's like, he tells his oh, clients right. like, if you lo- lose weight, all these things could happen. Plus, the paniculus will decrease in size, and the penis will look larger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the paniculus? Yeah, the paniculus. So that's like the kind of piece that's, I guess, hanging down over it. Because these gentlemen are overweight.
1: So wait, there. Is, I, I'm. I'm. Is that part of the stomach? The paniculus?
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: I like that word.
0: A- <laughs> paniculus. <laughs> Get- it's kind of like a rabbit and a penis.
1: It's paniculous. It's like it should be in like like a fun musical.
0: Here comes old Paniculus. Let's see what he's up to. <laughs> Always coming up short, Mr. Paniculus. So <laughs> basically the moral of the story is in our weird fairy tale um is that, you know, health, right? right. If you so he he tries to Then go on to say like, you know, as a physician, he doesn't want to be an irritator. So he doesn't want to like poke and prod his clients to be like, ah, you got to do this. You got to do that. Right. He tries to agitate them. He's like, do you want this? (laughs) Do you want that? If so, here are some steps that you can take to get there. Right. There's nothing wrong with your penis. It's the perfect size. You may not be able to see it and you may not be getting the best use out of it, but that's because of, you know, what you've done to your body. Yeah. The penis is fine. You know, it doesn't have hypertension. It's not overweight. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not having that fourth, fifth helping or that third or fourth beer. It's yeah. fine. It's just you know, it's been in the shade too long. It has been in the shade for very long. And the idea too that this a gentleman would come in with so many health issues, right, glaring health issues, but be like, nah, the reason I'm in here really is like not the fact that I'm gonna die from hypertension, but Pain is too small. Yeah. As my <laughs> urologist, what can you do? You know, it's like nothing, man. No, I'll <laughs> <I'm> just. <laughs> That's it. Nothing. Well, Some so urologist, you it, know, what it... do I look like here? A fucking like Gandalf. <laughs> you know.
1: Is he? Is he putting this out here on Front Street because he's just like, look, everybody, stop.
0: Yeah, he's tired of getting the question. And he wants his clients to be, so it's a much longer article. It's really good. It's in a trade magazine, but he wants his patients to be healthy. And so he's, was just trying to figure out ways to answer that question. How can I make my penis bigger? That will motivate his patients to think about making some changes because really if your goal is, and a lot of these guys are concerned about penis size, but if you could tell someone Okay, I'm gonna. It's gonna look bigger, and you're gonna get better use out of it. But this is what you need to do to get there. If you're not interested in that, then you don't care about your penis size. Yeah. You know, like you're you're not even using what you have. Like adding a couple of inches to it is not going to solve anything. I, I am so stuck on Piniculus right now. And <laughs> I'm, I, on, I'm hooked on paniculus. I'm
1: thinking. And
0: I was like, I'm looking Peniculous. it up because I want to make sure that I'm right.
1: I'm thinking about the Wizard of Oz with this song where they're like hippopotamus, you know, <laughs> imposterous or something like that, you know, and they're just taking these words. I'm like,
0: okay, I so like,
1: that's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> I've always heard it referred to as a panis, which I always thought was funny because it sounds a bit like penis, but it is paniculous. And do not Google it, people. I'm telling you now, I just did, and I'm sorry. I, I want to Google it now. Gonna- you don't want to oh. don't do it. I mean, just read the Wikipedia. Maybe skip the images. It's the do. It's also called a lap. A guy once told me it's just like the extra the stomach when it hangs over and falls, and it can cover the uh, you know can cover over the old Johnson. Right. It looks more. It's literally not only is it in the shade, it's like you know in a cave. Oh, you can't see it at all in some cases. That's got to be odd for a man. Wow. Yeah. right to look down and be like, what? Mm-hmm. I would be concerned. Um, it, it can't be healthy either. Right. No. Yep. So yeah, watch out. You know, if you want to increase the, the appearance, enhance the appearance of the penis, get rid of the panis.
1: <laughs>
0: less, less panis, more penis, I guess is what I'm saying. And thank you very much. All Vote right. for me. Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. Baum. Thank he you. just the article he just sounds so frustrated. You know he's like coming in on a Monday like, hey, oh yeah, okay, look. It's not gonna get any bigger. But it's my running mate, J.R. Paniculus. J R, <laughs> R. does he think he has like a little like a figurine? We call this gentleman. <laughs> you don't want to say too much of him. You know. <laughs> <Peniculous>. <laughs> Susan all right i have um advice on advice all right advice on advice is a segment where we find advice on the internet that stinks and it's unqualified and we try to improve on that advice by giving our advice on the hands Mm. advice on advice i almost said ridiculous
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's on my mind now That's all i'm thinking about how can i make my advice look bigger all right dear eugene how do i Oh, yes two men have proposed marriage in the past few months Wow,
0: go for
1: three. Yeah, the choice. The choice is sweet, sensitive, emotionally available man who couldn't get a successful career to save himself, or exciting, powerful moneymaker who will make me laugh, but with whom I'll have to endure massive ego struggles. First of all, how are you getting to the point of proposals with two different guys?
0: And then you really are like, think you can just choose like that? Yeah, I mean, like like she was. So she's grooming two guys for marriage. Let's just put it out
1: there. Yeah, but still. So how how they invested both are you? And they both proposed, and so like how deep is their relationship? If I, I don't know it, what is she saying to the other one when she's spending time with the other one? And going, I have no idea.
0: I've never been this uh, desirable. I guess maybe this is an issue for a certain type of woman. Ooh. It's not me. I can't imagine maintaining two relationships at, simultaneously that are deep enough to result in a marriage proposal. Yeah. Well, she's doing it. And so the answer is,
1: E.G. says... <laughs> the answer is... Neither. When a woman falls in love, for real, she knows which one. Therefore, send Auntie E. the rich chap. <laughs>
0: well, right. I'm yeah. available.
1: Yeah. So don't even ask. Just I got bills. Yeah. And so she's right, she's like, yeah, you don't you don't need to ask anybody if you don't, I, I well, can,
0: you don't I've never been in that situation before. Mm-hmm. I can't It just seems so like you could choose you know one pair of shoes over the other or one vacation over the other or one job or one house over the other, but one person over the other to me, it just seems so callous and awful yeah i don't, I don't know how I could make that decision based on what." She's you know, So she's giving the perks of them both. One, two, is like, do you want to be broke? Or do you, you want to have fun and spend money? Do you want to have fun and spend money, but have to, like, Deal with help that person with their ego? And depending on, I mean, we're assuming the person has a big ego, but maybe this is the kind of person who needs constant cheerleading. We don't oh. know. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. I mean, you know what? Flip a coin.
1: Yeah.
0: If you're not happy with the coin flip, then there's your answer. Right, right. <laughs> oh, right. I love it. Yes,
1: yes. Let the yeah, let the coin decide and see how you feel
0: about it. Let the paniculus fall where it may. <laughs> let that be the judge. <laughs> I like that one.
1: If the paniculus sees its shadow, <laughs> yes, yeah,
0: and then three months later, <laughs> you will be married. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> <You'll be married. laughs> I like it. It's, it's not just, it's like a soothsayer. Yeah. So ridiculous. Okay. What do you have? Um, so I have some bee news, some barnyard news. This is a, we, we report on animals living in the barnyard and animals outside of the barnyard. Yeah. I'm talking about bees. Apparently bees are, are making a comeback. They're switching things up. Wow. They mm-hmm. found in Australia, first Australian night bees recorded foraging in the dark. Ooh. So they found two species of bees in Australia. Bees after Um, dark. Yeah. And they have, so not only are they scrounging after dark, but they have adapted, their eyes have adapted for night vision. Oh. And now we, we see that now. So apparently they knew what the eye was like before. Now the eye has changed so that the, these two kinds of bees can see at night. It says, um, they have observed nighttime foraging behavior by the Rapinia bee and then a bee called a masked bee. Okay. <laughs> the masked bee. Uh both bees have developed enlarged, compound, and simple eyes to allow more light to be gathered, uh, compared to other types of bees who I can't apparently can't see shit at night. <laughs> <laughs> it says, Uh, the research has explained that this improved low light ability could potentially exist in other bees that are also secretly active at night. Okay. Um, our study provides a framework to help identify low light adapted bees. And the data is needed to determine the behavior traits of other species. The important thing, this is what they took from all this. I think it's just fascinating that these animals are adapting quickly. They're like, people are annoying. Guess what? People aren't out at night. You know, let's go out. Let's do our thing then. Maybe we can actually get the benefit from our own honey for once. Right. Instead of getting robbed, you know, constantly.
1: Right. They're going to be the bees of the night.
0: Yeah. So, but now these scientists have realized that these bees are going out at night. So the scientists are saying that we need to start collecting bees out at different times. So they were collecting bees during the day and I guess not getting what they wanted. But if I were a bee and I saw that my brethren were constantly being like swept up in nets during the day, I might think twice about going out before sunset.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've got <laughs> to survive. Like they're trying
0: to avoid you.
1: This, isn't this interesting how evolution is taking place because of human behavior?
0: Yes. They don't have time for this. They were, you know, they, they've seen what we can do. They've seen their, their, their brethren, you know, decimated the colony, die off of that. And these Australian bees ain't having it. Mm-hmm. They're gonna come out at night. I want to see what else is next. Are they gonna be like, you know, develop some kind of scuba? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> like a little snow suit for the for the colder climates. Under, like humans can't make it here. Underwater hive. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, look, they've adapted to to see at night. That's dramatic.
1: It is. It's pretty amazing. We can't do
0: that. No. You know, <laughs> like apparently we can't change very much at all. Oh, my God, right? Um, But the adaptability. Yeah, it says that, you know, global weather patterns are changing. There's droughts, fires. And so they're trying to understand how the insects are pollinating and when they are pollinating. Okay. Um, But I'm saying, like, leave them alone for now, right? Let them them develop this kind of a nighttime shift. Yeah. And then maybe have a look. Because if they see you guys coming, they're going to have to try a new tactic.
1: You know, but there's something about, like... You know, there are certain insects that are out during the day that you have to contend with. Yeah. And then at night you but have mosquitoes bees. and stuff like that. But it's like, come on, you need a break from the insects at night. If I were out in the dark and I knew bees were flying around, that's kind of scary.
0: Um, I mean, it depends. These are, I think these aren't really aggressive bees. These pollinate, like these guys are looking for flowers.
1: Yeah, I know. But still, it's like you're out at night and it's dark and then you something hits yeah. you and it's a bee, it's like... Holy Well, what
0: does, I mean, ironically, last night there was a bee in our kitchen and we didn't, we were like, first of all, how'd you get into the Bronx? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Second of all, it's November, but it was a bee. And you know, I, Greg is allergic to bees. So I was like, I'll handle this. I got up on a ladder with a cup and a piece of paper and then we put the bee outside. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't, I don't. I don't need that hassle. Do you know what I mean? Like no. I don't need a dead bee on my hands. No, no, no. And I was surprised to see it in the first place. You're a better um, person than me
1: putting it outside. I, I found a centipede in the bathroom mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, let me get some cup and a paper. And I came back and it was gone. I'm like, no, no, no. Were,
0: of course it was gone. You thought he was going to wait. You got to put the paper, the cup immediately. Yeah. But I
1: didn't have a cup, so I didn't get one, but, but then I found it in the corner and I was just like rattled by it. So
0: I, and how big large big. was it it's was pretty big okay yeah i i'm i don't know what it is but i've always had an affinity for the the small small creatures yeah um don't get me wrong some things do creep me out but you know nothing is creepier than man
1: yeah that's true
0: <laughs> i don't think i would take the same precautions if i found a small person in my apartment yeah yeah right. <laughs> try to capture them Yep. And then put them out. If you've um, a small person, you put a cup over them. Yeah, put paper. a cup over them. Uh and, and just put them out the window, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, this is pretty fascinating that, that bees are determined to make a go of it. Um and they some birds too are now adapting. You reported on that. Some birds are adapting to to um be able to work at night, I cool. guess. As I'm I'm you saying work. it's a shift. They're, you know, they're on the night shift. To do the work they do, but in the evenings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I find it fascinating. I wonder how many other animals are, are changing and adapting and we're just haven't noticed it yet. I mean, these these are scientists who study bees like pretty exclusively and they just figured it out. Wow. And that's all they do. That's it's, interesting. It's sneak up on a bee, you know, and capture it. Hmm. So there you go. For Australian night bees. I like that. Yeah.
1: The, All right, what do you the, have? The bees from down
0: under. The, the bees moon. from down under. Why aren't they coming to America? You know what I mean? They always <laughs> talk about these African bees and Mexican bees. Yeah, Where's the Australian bee?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who get murder hornets coming to town? Come on. Yeah. The
0: Australian mm-hmm. bee at night. Yeah. All, right.
1: All right. I have, I have uh, tales from the campfire.
0: Awesome. Tales from Dirt campfire it's my favorite segment it's where we tell tales from the internet uh fake lore folklore ghost stories, paranormal stuff scary stuff and we retell it here around the digital campfire so gather around listeners yeah,
1: gather around this is about the evil
0: eye ooh okay all right so- now is is this the one that's in, is inside the hand is that what you're talking well, about we,
1: well, we'll talk about it's just the idea of the evil eye like
0: Mm-hmm. maybe I should just let you introduce it yeah, instead of talking over you <laughs> sorry
1: I like the name yeah. of this article it's called The Evil Eye, A Closer Look oh. <laughs> <laughs> they okay.
0: probably were so happy that they got that one in too
1: So we hear people say, oh, that person gave me the evil eye, you know, talking about just a dirty look or something like that. And referring
0: to me often.
1: (laughs) And then there's different cultures that seriously believe in the evil eye. And I'm like, what is, what is it really? Um, So everyone gets a dirty look now and again, and we usually think little of (laughs) it. But most of us, when most of us shrug it off, many places believe the evil eye is taken very seriously and requires immediate action to avoid harm. Okay so the evil eye is a human look believed to cause harm to someone or something the supernatural harm may come in the form of a minor misfortune or a serious disease injury or even death wow yeah okay know uh, that that the victim's good fortune good health or good looks or unguarded <laughs> <laughs> and or look, unguarded comments about them invite or provoke an attack by someone with the evil eye unguarded
0: comment oh okay
1: yeah so if you you say something so if someone has good fortune good health good looks someone is complimenting a person that invites the evil eye in to destroy
0: okay
1: so symptoms of the evil eye um, include loss of appetite excessive yawning hiccups vomiting and fever
0: (laughs) i'll take the first one you know yeah
1: if or if Somebody wants, if like say, um, you're a farmer and you're doing very well and you have this this whole farm system going on, um, <laughs> yeah, you're killing it in the
0: farm game.
1: Yeah, they can attack like your 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 cows. So somebody can give someone is jealous of you, wants to do you harm, and they give your cow the evil eye, and the the milk may dry up, or, uh, a, or a fruit tray, a fruit tree might wither and die. Um, and you can have it, someone can give it to you, causing you insomnia, fatigue, depression, diarrhea, diarrhea. Yeah. And disease is considered okay. because in some places disease is considered a magic is magical as well as a medical yeah. issue so, yeah. <clears throat> through. So basically, um, the evil eye cast upon a vehicle may break down again and again.
0: <laughs> that explains it.
1: A house so cursed may soon develop a leaky roof or an insect infestation. Um, Mm -hmm. But anything that goes wrong basically can can be blamed on the evil eye. So it's known throughout history, mostly like ancient Greeks and Roman texts, they talk about it. Talk about it in the Bible, it's in the Quran, in Shakespeare's plays.
0: Um, Oh, it is in the Quran as well.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So about, I think it's like 36% of cultures believe in the evil eye. And um, it's a specific c- type of magical curse, and it's rooted in magical thinking and superstition. So, um, so it, let's say a person experiences bad luck, or ill health, or an accident, or an unexplained calamity. Maybe there is a drought, infectious disease, something like that going around. <laughs> yeah, before science could explain, yeah, <laughs> before science could explain, you know, weather patterns and germ theory and stuff, it was like blamed on the evil eye. So. Sometimes people can have the power of the evil eye and don't even know it.
0: Oh, to be a fly on the wall! Well, actually, we have to say now, oh, to be a fly on Mike Pence's rug.
1: Yeah. So uh, right (laughs) (laughs) on
0: that piece he wears.
1: Yeah. Um, So you know, just think about it when people are you know give you a side side eye or they stare at you. The eyes are really powerful. Um, glaring, intense staring can convey power and authority over another. So it's, it's the eyes are, are very powerful. So this is how it's coming about. And how, I, how you, tra- you transmit the
0: evil through the look.
1: Yeah. So babies and children are susceptible to it. Um, in many countries, including Greece, Romania, and India, praising a child publicly is sometimes considered taboo <laughs> for the compliment will draw attention of the evil eye. And to ward off the evil eye, parents of A thoughtlessly praised child might ask the person who gave the compliment to immediately spit in the child's face.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, is it is it resolved with saliva? Because it seems like that. I've seen something like that happen before.
1: Yes, because the momentarily exalted youngster has been brought down a peg. Yeah. So any harm of the evil eye is unnecessary, and you know, spit is not necessarily is is more harmless than. Yeah, it's not a
0: bad thing. And it's insulting
1: enough to negate the compliment. So there's another thing you could do, like um, you can have an amulet um, use of the eye of the of the, yeah to deter the evil eye using the color blue that which symbolizes heaven or godliness and an eye mm-hmm. symbol. Uh, so
0: I've always wanted to know what that means, and yet never looked it up for some bizarre reason. Yeah, so but I, I love the symbol, and I think you know I kind of. I had an idea about what it was about, but I didn't know that it, it, you could bring the evil eye upon yourself with good fortune.
1: Yeah. So you need, I thought it was the
0: people would put it on you if they, you know, if you were a bad person.
1: No, no. If you were doing well, it's kind of yeah. like you need to be, people will, t- will take you down. So you have to you oh, I'm be sur- spit upon. Hmm. And then you can, I'm just-
0: surprised we don't have that in my culture because when I was growing up, it was like, you know, compliments were like death, you know?
1: yeah you can like people seek out witch doctors and psychics and shamans and spiritual healers to remove the curse um you can have it removed um by the use of a raw egg cracked on you i don't know what the, the egg is broken over a bowl and oh no the way they do it they take the egg and they pass it over the forehead and prone body of the victim then the egg is broken over a bowl of water and then they look for any unusual shapes. And if an oval or eye shape is seen, then it In ir- an
0: egg. I mean, the chances are you're gonna yeah. see an oval shape in there.
1: Yeah, then it means the eye's power has been removed. Ta-da. Oh thank
0: goodness. Okay. Yeah. What if you get a double yoke? Is it like everyone just burn they, they <laughs> run and burn the place to the ground? <laughs> no. Never come back.
1: Yeah, so it's just like um yeah, because so if you have i have a blue bracelet that i got in the middle east and yeah i've seen it it's blue beads with the, with eyes with the eyes and yeah. it's like it's to ward off the evil eye and i never really got it i was like why are these eyes to ward it off
0: hmm i yeah i don't know yeah. there there must be there must be something more to it i think there's also an interesting thing there about uh, probably i'm going to assume that the cultures who believe in the evil eye or use evil Mm -hmm. eye or cultures in which pride is not considered to be a positive thing yeah like my husband who is uh of greek descent a cypriot greek cypriot his he would said that his grandfather always said to him self-pride stinks stinks." (laughs) self-pride stinks and i you know and but you know, that was obviously very important to him. He was trying to let his grandchildren know that, you know, too much pride is a negative thing. And when I was growing up, it was that, too. If you were too happy or proud of something, you could expect to be taken down a peg.
1: Yeah. Someone had a problem you um, in your place for some reason. Yeah.
0: Now, looking back, I realize that it was just kind of, you know, bucket of some bucket of crabs mentality is in there. No one was getting enough shine that, you know, their head would be big. What does bucket of crabs mean? So the idea that, you know, if you if you envision your your group of people as a bucket of crabs, you know, when one crab tries to crawl out, the other ones pull it back in.
1: Oh, okay, Got it. Got it. So
0: I always heard that as a negative thing. But then I've heard it from other people who obviously are much less fortunate who are saying, well, the crab on top is stepping on the other people to get out. And I'm like, well, if you let that crab out, maybe he will grab you. Or you can grab him on the way out. And you don't make, have to pull him back in. Yeah, you can make, can make a chain. Make a
1: chain. You all come out. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is why we don't get anywhere.
1: Yeah. And if you put, like, <laughs> if enough of you start climbing up, you'll tip the bucket over.
0: Yeah. But if you're seasoned with Old Bay already, forget it. Yeah. You're just a tasty meal now. Yes. You're just a very, very tasty meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the evil eye. So did you grow up seeing the evil eye around in any anywhere in your neighborhood or? Oh, no,
1: my grandmother, who was full on Italian,
0: mm-hmm. is it something that Italians use yeah, as well? And,
1: yeah, but she would do like make like devil horns out of her hand and be yes. like, I like give you the evil eye, mm, you know. Yeah, like, like, uh, if somebody bothered you, give them the evil eye. Uh, uh and she'd like, you know. Now yeah.
0: I picked that up from somewhere as a child, and I don't know where, but I remember us doing that, like making the devil horns, yeah. and squinting.
1: Yeah, so what you do, like, you stick out your pinky and your index finger, and yeah. then the other ones come down, and then you just, like, jab the air. Be sure. like, evil I eye. mean,
0: also, you could rock really hard with the same movement. Yeah. But <laughs> so we were doing it to the evil. Or, because uh, we were kids, we were like, maybe we can put it on somebody.
1: Yeah. No, she was you basically know? doing it as protection. So if anyone was bothering, like, I'm going to, you know, put this force back it- up.
0: It comes across, for someone who didn't know what that was, it comes across as very um, aggressive, yeah. even if a sweet grandmother is doing it.
1: Yeah, but I also like that, because she was on my I trip. like it. I was like, alright, you know, when you're when you're hurt or upset, and someone is yeah. on your side, and like, I'll protect you. Yeah, like, I like good, it. Good, good, do that. You
0: know. I like the evil that? eye. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, um, if, I, if I may, um, I would be remiss if I didn't getting on to some Hallmark TV originals. Oh they have God. skipped right past Thanksgiving and gone right into Christmas. And there are so many Christmas movies really. that if we just did a Christmas movie every episode, we'd probably go right into the spring with it. Wow. They have a back catalog that is impressive or horrifying, depending on how you hear, you know, you feel about the movies, mm-hmm. but the Christmas is their big, um, you know, is their big seller, mm-hmm. I guess. So I picked one called A Bride for Christmas. Oh. A Bride for Christmas. Um, after Jessie Patterson, played by Ariel Kebble, calls off her third engagement at the altar, oh. exclamation point, she swears off serious relationships until she finds, quote, unquote, the one. Like, she would know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait a minute. Really?
1: She, her engagement or
0: her wedding, she stopped at the third altar? Third engagement. Wow. Um I I mean I this ain't do do some there are some people I guess who get engaged a lot. I guess. I don't know. Mm. Um, you know, my engagements have led to marriages.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> generally. Yeah, not generally.
0: Yeah. So she swears off serious relationship until she finds the one. That is, until charming but chronically single Aiden McTiernan, played by Andrew Walker, comes along. Unbeknownst to Jesse, Aiden has bet his friends that he could convince a woman to marry him by Christmas, which is only four weeks away. And Jesse is a target of his bet. So I don't know who is taking the other side of this bet, but it looks pretty good considering he's going after a woman who is like the discount runaway bride.
1: And what does he win if he marries her? You're like, ah, oh, I'm married. Ooh. I, <laughs> I didn't
0: think that one through. Yeah. <laughs> But I bet you the person taking the other side is like, oh, no, I'm in on this. I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> please, please. It couldn't
1: be like for 50 bucks. It has to be something substantial that he's getting.
0: But So he's going to convince a woman to marry him. It doesn't say that he's going to marry the woman. But I feel like it, it's dangerous. You don't know what people's reactions are going to be when you mess with their feelings like that. Oh, yeah, I, I right. always would tell people that like, you don't know that they're not going to be waiting for you in the Walmart parking lot. Sorry, this is a hallmark in the target parking lot yeah. with a two by four right, right. And, and a salty look. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you don't know what people are going to do right. anyway. So Jesse is the target of the bet as Aiden attempts to court Jesse by first hiring her to decorate his apartment. Huh? Well, that works every time. Yeah. Yeah. No one who has ever hired her to decorate an apartment has hit on this woman, I'm sure. Just like if you're a waitress, no one ever hits on you.
1: Yeah, so that's make, make her fall yeah. in love with you by looking at your, your crappy by, apartment. By just
0: hiring her. Uh, Jessie looks to her sister, roommate and interior design company partner, Vivian, as her closest confidant.
1: Yeah, you know what? So, um, you got to understand something about sibling rivalry. Right? That you don't go to your sister like, oh, you know, I've been engaged so many times and I keep calling them off, and the sister's Mm -hmm. probably a spinster. Like, Mm -hmm. she's not going to give you the best advice.
0: Or she's just tired of hearing about it. Yeah. Like, the first time you call it off, it's like, oh man, that's, you know, good for you, Jesse. You know, good for you. Yeah. The second time you're like, oh man, this is bad. The third time it's like, you know what? Yeah. It's you, Jesse. Stop Stop asking for. Anything like just if you're gonna get married, just do it. Let us know afterwards, yeah. <laughs> really, because we don't care anymore. Yeah, we stopped caring after the first one. Actually, we were just being nice. Yeah, um, so to complicate matters, Jesse is doggedly pursued by her most recent ex fiance, Mike, paid by Mike, played by a gentleman named Sage Brocklebank. I mm. bet that's his name. Sage Brocklebank, his name is probably like Phil Malkowski. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Sage Brocklebank, whatever. He still wants to marry her. Even though she jilted him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because she jilted him. Because he can't stand to lose. And this other guy is in as well. When Aiden finds himself falling for Jesse too, will he call off the bet and truly pursue her? Or Or will we go to commercial? Starring Ariel Kibble and Andrew Walker. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, A Bride for Christmas. So what's interesting for me about the the Hallmark TV originals is I love reading the descriptions. Yeah. Sometimes they get chintzy. This season, Hallmark, if you're listening, if your bots are out there, the description is what makes me interested in pretending like I want to see the movie. Yeah. (laughs) So give me a paragraph. You know, I support copywriters everywhere hire get that staff back in and have them romance that copy so it's a nice paragraph,
1: yeah, that's for what me to read want-
0: yes, I want to hear about the A story. I want to hear about the B story if you develop one if they're extra care. I want to hear about at least four characters
1: they gotta get robust up in there,
0: yeah. yeah, like just beef it up, beef it up is all I'm saying, yeah, for the holidays, a bride for Christmas, Hallmark t v original. It's available all right, looking forward to this. Yeah, looking forward to not watching it as as we are wont to do. Yeah. All right, what do you have? I have robot news. Awesome. We are. I don't. You know what? I'm not afraid of robots anymore. I've moved on to my fear of AI, but we're still reporting on robots. I don't know how you feel about that.
1: I'm still afraid of them because you know what? I my eyesight is.
0: <laughs> you not, think you won't
1: see? Them? <laughs> no, like I used to laugh. Um, I remember somebody told a story or said something like if you're going to a nursing home, don't bring balloons because yeah. they think that they're people. And then they like, cause they can't see very well. And when a balloon r- floats down the hall, mm-hmm. you know how they kind of lose the helium and they kind of, you know, have a mind of their own. Yeah. It's really scary for them. Yeah. Dogs don't like them either. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just like, now I'm, I'm not into balloons cause I don't want them loose in my house. Right.
0: Okay. <laughs> Running wild. Yeah.
1: Um, but with robots, yeah, I'm still a little scared of them because like, I'll be like squinting in the distance. What is that it's not, like,
0: is it a robot? <laughs> is it what is like, what is- Adriana, wait, wait a minute. She's not that short.
1: Yeah. So no, since I saw the, the robot that cleans up spills in the supermarket that just kind of runs on its own. It's scary. Oh, that's right. You saw
0: it in person. Yeah. I don't like it. So, anyway. I still, I still have yet to see a robot in my life. No, I haven't seen one. I don't know. I mean, it's probably because I live in the Bronx, and that would be a bold robot manufacturer. Yeah, to, <laughs> to let a robot loose up here, well, because I'm sure someone would immediately get it and modify it.
1: Well, this is about a robot in Japan. It's a big okay. robot. It's the Gundam robot.
0: Ah, oh, Gundam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Gundam Ring. Okay.
1: So, uh, it's 18 meters tall.
0: No, it's not. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs>
1: That's it's crazy. Clean, meters tall, weighs 25 tons. Japan, no. Yeah, it's... Th- this 25 th- tons? Yeah, it's a life-size Japanese Gundam robot. And um, basically...
0: Who's life-size? You said it was 18 meters? Did you say 18 meters? They say
1: life-size, and we're like, well, I, that's what I say, too. I think they misuse the term. Um, it's from the hugely popular 1970s anime series, Mobile um, Suit Gundam. Yeah. Um, so it was put through its paces recently because it's supposed to move, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, ultimately yeah. it should. <laughs> yeah, it's just right. a statue, right?
1: Yeah. So this thing, you you can Google and find the video for it, but it takes a knee. And it moves huh? arm and fingers. And Does
0: it, it pledge anyone or it just kneeled?
1: It kneeled. And it's like, it's crazy to see. I Is somebody think in it? I don't know who's in it. I don't know how it yeah, works. I, it. I don't know if what's going on, but something that big that moves that yeah, way. Yeah, I'm not
0: with that. Because no. that's something you would, you're talking about poor eyesight. Like when you, <laughs> see, you see that coming from a long way away. It's like, okay, how quickly do I need to move?
1: Uh, all you need is a very, like a mischief maker, scientist who makes it do whatever and it gets loose. And, you know, Japan is in pieces.
0: Well, that's what I was saying about, like, the, uh, releasing a robot in the Bronx. So I'm saying that because I know there are a lot of, like, Bronx science is up here. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a lot of savvy kids around here that would know how to abuse a robot. Yeah. And they'd be, like, just running it on their iPhone 10. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it, I don't even think it has to be a scientist anymore.
1: No. Yeah. No, it doesn't. They can just, it has, like, 24 movable parts. And they move seamlessly. They all work together. Wow. It's like, was it was it quiet? I don't know if it was quiet. I had to throw my iPad across the room after I watched the video.
0: <laughs> You're like, even this is too much yeah. of a
1: robot. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so wow. That's kinda, bizarre. So, like, it t- Google it and take a look at this video.
0: It, it's interesting to me because, you know, these are, like, stereotypically boys' toys mm-hmm. from, like, the, the 60s and 70s that they're creating, these robots and things. And you have people like Elon Musk who are trying to make a sedan. I put like a, you know, a four door car on the moon. But I I wonder if, if the things from, you know, that we played with, like, I don't want to see Gundam Barbie. Yeah. Or Gundam My Little Pony or Gundam uh, Strawberry Shortcake or any of that.
1: You don't want an 18 meter high Barbie?
0: No, that's frightening. That sounds like a horror movie. I'd be more afraid of that.
1: That's basically Attack of the 50 Foot Woman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a horror movie.
0: Mm -hmm. But that, I mean, that Barbie... The only attack that a Barbie would make would be to tip and fall because, you know, they're not, <laughs> like, the boobs would bring it down immediately yeah. as soon as it left the dock. Know, right. <laughs> right. The the waist would fall, like, the top half of the body would fall off. Just, it would snap. Yeah. Yeah, it would snap. The boobs, the the feet would be, you know, she would be like, oh, these hurt. The first thing she would do is kick off a shoe and probably destroy, like, Detroit.
1: Yeah, right.
0: With one, <laughs> with one pump. Yeah. So, oh, that's interesting. There was a story uh, a couple of weeks ago I saw about a woman in China. There was a massive flood and her husband had a huge Gundam collection, like the little figurines. And they're worth a lot of money, like the ones that you put together yourself and you paint them and all that. Yeah. This woman during the flood, she got a tiny life raft, went back in and got (laughs) the the things for her man.
1: Wow. Her husband had like
0: a broken leg.
1: That's a devoted wife.
0: She also, in the process, fought off a dog or something that was, like, tugging at the wrap, but she got the uh, the models. Wow. Wait a minute. She probably was like, you know what? I just don't want to hear about this later.
1: Wait a minute. If you paint them yourself, they're, they're worth money? Well, no, though, you get kits.
0: They're kits. You know, kind of like with um, model Okay. Model, uh, planes and things like that. But, but okay, but the kit unused is worth money. Or if you paint it
1: yourself, suddenly this thing is worth money?
0: Both. Well, so you're assembling it.
1: Yeah, but why is the thing that I assembled now worth money?
0: Because that's what you do with it. It's like if you buy the the parts to assemble like a Ferrari. Okay. <laughs> when you're done with it, it's worth money.
1: All right. Well but I wouldn't I can't imagine that, you know, a novice
0: I don't think any money. of this stuff is worth any money. Well I can't I, I, you it's
1: know. a novice putting something together. You know what I mean? No, 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 it's
0: not these they're not all novices though. Like it gets very um you know we can think about it uh as like a dollhouse. Mm-hmm. You know someone would put together a really intricate dollhouse and then they paint it, they put the carpeting in, you know, like that kind of stuff. Okay. It's like serious model making. I'm not into it. All
1: right, but I'm t- I But these don't know these to say. I mean,
0: google them. These things can can cost a lot of money. All right. I mean, you see how devoted people are. They made an eighteen. <laughs> they made an eighteen meter robot. Yeah. Okay. It's the same thing. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> God damn. Um, God damn. I wanted to report on that in the previous episode. I think two or three episodes ago, I reported on the um, the intersection of beer and donuts. Yes. Through the Harpoon Brewery and Dunkin' uh, team up to brew donut-infused beer. So I tracked down one of these beers. Yeah? I, yeah, I, had, I was in Massachusetts. I went up there to Leaf Peep. Okay. And on the way back, I stopped at a really cool liquor store that has, like, a beer cave in it. This is my new thing now, like, going into a beer cave and just looking for something weird. All right. All right. So the labels are, like, they really... Have figured out, you know, all those years where they're like, "How do we market beer to women?" I'm like, mm, I don't know, make the packaging not look like something I would like leave at the bottom of a truck. Yeah. <laughs> so they you know, like make it look cool. Like, does every packaging have to be red, white, and blue? You know, when we were kids, beer beer cans didn't look that great. Yeah, yeah, they weren't that fun. And now there are so many different kinds. So I I went into the beer cave. It was easy for me to find the Dunkin' beer. They had. All four varieties, but they only had six packs. So I grabbed my favorite, which was the Boston cream donut. All right. I got to hear it. How did it taste? I'm happy to report (laughs) it tasted like I was having coffee and donuts and a beer. Really? I like it. I'm going to have one when I wrap up the podcast tonight. All right. I am not, this is not brought to us or this is not brought to you by Duncan. I'm just saying it was a really good beer. I think you would like it. Boston cream. You could taste the Boston cream. Okay. Uh, what I think it is. You can have, it has a, co- it's a rich coffee okay. flavor. a little, And then also like a nice dark beer. Wow. I, they had the jelly donut, but I was, if they had been selling Lucy's, I would have gotten one. Okay. And then they had a, a case, which is, I don't even know how many beers are in a case, but I know it's too many for me. So I didn't get that. They had a mixed case.
1: You didn't get a case like, and
0: bring it back home with you? No, I just bought the six-pack. Why? Uh, I, well, how, I because I was like, I don't know. I just want to get the six-pack. I didn't want to get the case of all four. Um, oh. Now I realize what a case of beer is like, what, 12?
1: No, oh, 24.
0: Yeah, that's, what am I going to do with 24 beers?
1: You're going to keep them in your house and then put them in the refrigerator every I'm account, a couple time. I'm
0: living It would take me a month.
1: Move some of the to- pandemic toilet paper to the side, and you know. Oh uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I could put it somewhere else. This is how little beer I drank, people. You
1: could, oh yeah, you could put it at the bottom of a yeah. closet, and then just don't worry about it. I'm a, I'm a liquor.
0: Time. I mean, Katie has been to my apartment. We we're a liquor cabinet. Yes, you uh, Couple, and it seems okay to me to buy as many different kinds of bizarre liquor and keep them on my shelf. But for some reason, cans. I'm like, I gotta get these out of here. <laughs> You know, what I mean, like I gotta move these cans. Yeah. Can't have these cans rolling around. They're not gonna roll anywhere. Yeah, no, they're not going anywhere. Um, but you know, I had to. I Massachusetts is the only place I've seen these beers so far. Okay, so I will continue to look. But I'm, I'm happy to report on the beer news update. All right. The beer is go. All right,
1: I'm, I'm happy that you got it and you tried it and it's got yeah. a positive review. Yeah, good review. I wonder if they um, skip.
0: I, I don't know. I, I, I think about that. It, it seems like you should be able to have a beer shipped to you, right? Yeah. I can look into it. So this comes to us from my husband, Greg Zenon, who's a huge fan and sends us bits and bobs uh, through the email. This is a Barnyard News. Rats. Oh, No. I don't know if you read this. Is it man swarmed by rats after falling through a sinkhole? It is a horrific story. Oh my um, God. I don't even so know if I can handle this, but. Third Avenue in the Bronx, uh, a gentleman waiting for the bus, and all of a sudden, the pavement under him just collapsed and a hole developed. Get out. He fell into the hole, but he managed to hang on to the edge of the hole. Okay. Until he couldn't hold on any longer. And then he fell through 15 feet. He broke an arm and then broke a leg. And that wasn't bad enough. Rats started swarming all over him. Get out. And he couldn't tell anyone he was in the hole because he said he didn't want to open his mouth. Oh, my God. He didn't want the rats to get in. They have surveillance footage, you know, from the street because it's a a transit area, heavy transit area um, on 3rd Avenue. And so you can see the surveillance footage shows this guy standing there waiting for the bus, happy as Larry. Then all of a sudden he just drops through.
1: (gasps) How did he get out? Did anyone see this happen? And they called? He
0: He was down there for a half an hour before emergency services came.
1: How did they, did they, but but did people see him immediately and then get.
0: Yeah, but they couldn't, no one could go near it and no one could get get down there because the ground is collapsing. Right. Right. Okay. So I don't know if you've ever seen that before. I saw it. Greg and I have seen it before in Philadelphia. A bus was driving down the street. All of a sudden we saw it stop. The tire went down. A hole developed under the tire. Uh, um, Yeah. So this guy was down there for 30 minutes. He's okay. Thank goodness. That's good. Okay. And I hope he's got a nice attorney. Yeah. Because that's ridiculous. They had to shut down the area everyone is uh was horrified and traumatized because now people are like is what else is going to you know right, right like this guy was literally standing on just you know like you would like i would for the bus nothing he wasn't doing anything he wasn't in the wrong place
1: yeah he was right where they made a place for people mm-hmm. to stand and then the- yes.
0: and then the ground opened up and swallowed him no. then debris fell on him and then rats ran over him i can't even I can, can you? And this
1: happened recently?
0: This happened on October 27th. <gasps> yeah. Oh, his 2020. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for that guy. How old was he? You know what? 33 years okay. old. All right. All, all kinds of, you know, numbers, numerology in there. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. All kinds of things. Three businesses had to close in the area. They had to He wait. Three businesses closed. He waited 30 minutes he is 33 years old. This happened in 2020. Um, yeah, he's on Third Avenue. Third Avenue. Another people. one. Oh, my God. One. So like it's just that. fascinating to me because, you know, I studied urban planning. And one of the things that people that we don't realize about cities is that we are on layers upon layers of city works. Yeah, yeah. So the ground that we're on, that the idea that you could drop 15 feet. Underneath the street, and there's a space, yeah, for that under there, but what who designed that yeah. <laughs> like that and this is a bus stop, so imagine the kind of weight I mean this is one man standing there. How much could he weigh? yeah, it probably
1: there was a lot of you know maybe rain, it just was you know all the the perfect but car. imagine
0: if there had been something you know anything else there that was heavier, I mean, someone could have parked there. A group of people could have been standing there, you know. Yeah, a coffee cart could have been over there. Oh God, I've been, what a terrible story! Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jaquetta. Thanks, Greg. So, I guess the moral of the story is, is you know, watch your ass. I guess so.
1: You know, I don't know. Yeah, we're not twenty twenty. We're not out of twenty twenty yet. Everybody,
0: just you know,
1: get yeah. get the evil eye, like yeah. charm ask people to spit on you. I don't know.
0: Positive thing though, this story, they interviewed his mother. Um, Mm -hmm. the guy's last name is the guy's name was Leonard shoulders. What a great name. Oh, Okay. Leonard shoulders. They talked to his mother. Um, and she said it could have been anyone. It could have been anyone. It was scary, but I'm, she's just glad that her son survived.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Which is, you know, he's kind of lucky because it just it's one thing to trip and fall to fall over but just to drop 15 feet
1: yeah right into a pile of rats into a pile of rats
0: on third avenue I can't yeah. even. I pretty got... traumatic yeah no kidding yeah
1: all right everyone all right, be careful be careful, be be careful.
0: watch the skies watch the ground